afternoon, good evening, regardless of where and when you're listening. Thank you for listening. The show is BAM Sports Entertainment Weekly. The hosts, I'm Boris, and I am joined from somewhere, parts unknown Canada, Matt. <laughs> Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Yeah, Boris, I am in a small northern Ontario town population like 333 if we're lucky if people are visiting how are you doing today buddy i'm doing fantastic great to see you happy birthday belated birthday late birthday whatever you want to call it thanks buddy appreciate that yeah man so man it's 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 been a crazy day for me um uh working nephews are over i'm at my parents place right now um because i'm leaving later and then we also i did uh, nxt talk with jason earlier this morning that was a show nice Uh, yeah yeah cannot wait to listen to that one yeah i still haven't i i like to watch the show first and then get the reaction so i'm gonna watch the show and then listen i can't wait to see it though shout out to jason agnew for filling in for us filling in for me specifically on my podcast thank you sir (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, yeah, watch the show. We had opinions. <laughs> can't wait, can't wait. Yep. Um, yeah, so how's it going, man? How's the Great White North? Good, man. It was, it's was. it been pouring rain, so I've been hoping to get like a, some barbecues and some bonfires in. Can't do that yet. But other than that, life is good. You know what I mean? You, the, you know, the rain's okay. I'm not, I'm not someone who hates the rain. But yeah, like, uh, you know, just... Uh, on vacation, I also came to see my parents. It's been like a year, you know, since I seen Mama Bear. So it's nice to nice to hang out, see everybody. Going up to uh to the old cottage this weekend, and it'll, it's you know it'll be a good time. Some well needed rest and relaxation, Boris. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We all need it sometimes. Um, but uh, yes, yeah. you're uh, you're yeah, like like you said, you're getting ready to go. You're going, Boris. You're on the move, jet setting, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing. Yep, that's me. Um, little, it feels like the first day of school. It's so weird. That's but, funny. Uh, That's so funny. That vibe, eh? Like, oh man, I can see it. I can totally see it. Yep, exactly. Um, and you know, it's kind of like a lot of these wrestling shows that we're going to be talking about, uh, because on today's show, we will be talking and reviewing and analyzing ROH best in the world, which happened this past weekend. And then we are going to get into our pick contest and uh, we're also going to be giving our picks for Slammiversary, which is this weekend. Crazy how fast these things come. You told me it was Slammiversary when we were doing our little pre-show uh, build-up, and I was actually shocked it had come so quick. I am not prepared, not prepared for this pick contest. I've been clawing my way back in, Boris. I've been doing well, and I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this one. I dropped the ball. You know what's going to happen? You're going to clear this one. You're going to clear the board on this one. <laughs> I hope so. Seven up, seven down. Let's go for it. Oh, my God. So, yeah. All right. Um, let's get into it. I don't want to take up too much of your vacation time, so let's talk Ring of Honor. Best in the world. Pay-per-view happened this past Sunday, um, and it was the first show with fans for Ring of Honor in 16 months. Uh, two questions before we begin. One, did you watch the pre-show? Are we yes. going to get into that as well? Yep. Okay, beautiful. I did as well. I thought it was pretty good. I love Danhausen. Anyway, um, secondly, how did you feel about this crowd? Did you feel like they were good 
did you feel like they were living up to your expectations as like the first crowd back to see a live Ring of Honor show in literally 18, 20 months almost? Literally 16. Um, <laughs> no. the crowd, Literally so, 16. Figuratively 18 or 20. <laughs> yes, fair. Continue. Um, Ian Rigabani even said many times that, you know, they did have a capacity at how many people they were going to let in. Um, so, and it was obvious. Like, so it wasn't that full. It kind of felt like a regular Ring of Honor crowd, to be honest. Um, but it just, it. I think the venue they were in was too big. Uh, I think their production isn't good enough. It just didn't sound as good as you thought. But, you know, it was cool hearing noise. Yeah, I 100% agree. Well put, man. And I wouldn't put the onus on the crowd. Like you said, I would put the onus on production and perhaps putting it in the wrong building. I think that's a really great call on your part. I don't think the crowd was bad. I think they weren't mic'd enough. You just couldn't hear them, you know what I mean? But I think they reacted well and well enough to the to the proper spots. I think they were right there with the whole show. Yep, exactly. Um, so let's get into the pre-show. So ROH welcomes back the fans for the first time in 16 months. Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman welcome us to the pre-show. Tracy Williams is out of action because he was hit by a car a few weeks ago. Shoot, a shoot ran over angle. The first ever in pro wrestling. No, but yeah, thank God he's okay. And he was walking his dog. Thankfully, his dog wasn't hit as well. That would have been terrible. Yep. Um, So the tag titles would still be defended with Jay Lethal stepping in for his fellow Foundation stablemate. And this leads us into match number one of the pre-show, which was Ray Horace versus Demonic Flamita. Demonic Flamita is on the JTG diet. He is yoked since this pandemic has started, Boris. That man is jacked up. Some would say he's demonic. (laughs) You would say that. It looks like there's some kind of demonic forces flowing through this man's veins, for sure. Yep. Um, You know, for a lucha match, this was exactly what I thought it would be. It was a lot of fun. This was a great way to get the crowd into a match, um, and, and, you know, it kind of set the tone for the show, at least. What did you think? I thought it was a very good match. Yeah, they it's, it's like you said, it's a pre-show match, so you got to set the tone. You can't do so much that it blows everything that you're going to see in the next three hours away, right? So you got to kind of leave a little in the tank in these matches. So they're not going to be as good as some of the stuff you see on the pre-show, theoretically, but they're still very good. There's a way yep. to do a good basic match, even in Lucha, and they achieved it here. Yep, exactly. And it had a very Lucha build to it and a very Lucha ending and and, and nothing wrong with that. So Flamita hit double knees to the face, um, super kick, cover for two. Flamita looks for a powerbomb, reversed into a pin by Horace, cover, and that got us to win. So your winner via pinfall, Ray Horace. Awesome. Yeah. Very good luchador match in terms of like a pre-show match. I thought it was pretty much perfect. I like the only pre-show match I can think of seeing all year that was better was that awesome Riho versus Serena Deeb pre-show match. I think this was like the the blueprint of what you want out of a pre-show match. I would go three and three quarter handshakes on this one, Boris, for a 75 percent, a nice B plus exactly what you're looking for. Yep, exactly. Uh, so post-match, Flamita attacked Horace from behind. He spits at Horace and leaves the ring. Not honorable. <laughs> Not in the least. I was shocked and appalled I was. 
Yep. Uh, ROH world champion Roosh and the rest of LFI make their way into the building. Kenny King heads out to the stage with a microphone in hand. He hypes up the crowd for tonight's pay-per-view. He tells them the wrestlers in the back have been waiting for over a year to wrestle for the fans. King introduces himself and what he does in LFI. King says he's not wrestling tonight, but LFI is going to take home all the gold. He guarantees that Dragon Lee is leaving tonight with the gold. He calls Bandito a scrub and won his opportunity through a contest. He finishes that LFI is ready to dominate ROH and run over anyone in their way. And maybe even Tracy Williams. I always like it when the heels got points. And he is he is a like lower rated in kayfabe wrestler who did get here via a uh, lottery. So... Like a lottery that he had to win a match, but you know it was a, it was a crazy contest. It didn't involve rankings or anything. I like this promo a lot. I was impressed by Kenny King. Yes, I I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Like you know, it's 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 it was it, it he unlike I am right now. He clearly knew what he wanted <laughs> to say, and he just said exactly. what he want, needed to say. Kind of went through the list of all of his boys, and it was it was really well done. I liked it a lot. I, I, I perfectly, perfectly good promo, exactly what it needed to be. And I liked it more than the, than the following promo, which I thought didn't quite hit the way it wanted to. Yeah. So we got video packages to hype a lot of the main card. And then we had Matt Taven in the ring for his trending with Taven segment. This e- did not hit at all. Um, so Taven said he should be excited to see everyone in the crowd, but he had to undergo two surgeries thanks to the righteous. He runs down some good things that have happened lately in ROH, but those memories are ruined because of Vincent. He says there's only one way for things to end, but Vincent's group interrupts him before he can say much more. Vince dances and snaps his way into the ring. He gets on the mic and asks Taven, why the long face? Taven doesn't want to hear it and says it's obvious ROH isn't big enough for the two of them and there's only one way for it to end. On August 21st in Philly, Taven versus Vincent. Win, lose, draw, Taven leaves ROH. So, yeah, I, it was, it's, it's a very confusing angle. Do you, I don't know if we're supposed to, like... I know if you're a Ring of Honor lifer, you've seen a lot of Matt Taven, but are we supposed to be super invested in the Matt Taven career storyline? Like, absolutely out of the blue, out of nowhere. This um, was just, like you said, this this didn't hit. Didn't hit yeah. for me, Boris. I've never been a fan of the kingdom, even when Mr. Canellis was, um, Mr. Bennett <laughs> Canellis was running the show. I've never been a fan of, of the kingdom, was never into Taven when he took over, um, and I just feel like Agreed. he's kind of just... You know, for me personally, I know I'm going to get flack for this, but I think he's overrated. Uh, uh, yeah, that's fair. He might not even be overrated. I think the majority of, of the opinion might be negative on him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's possible for me, him to be. Maybe you're saying that even that is overrating him, and that's harsh. But, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. It's really hard to say with with uh, with Matt Taven. He's like, he's, he reminds me, they said something in the tag team title match. Rhett Titus has been in ROH for 16 years. You know what yeah. I mean? It's crazy how quick time flies. Like Matt Taven is a 20-year lifer, two decades in this company. Yep. Um, so Vincent doesn't want to sign it. He's having too much fun with Taven. Vincent says he doesn't care about Taven's career, but he does have something Taven has, his ROH world title shot. Taven says, how about just the two of them with his title shot on the line? 
Vincent ups the ante by making it a steel cage match. Taven says since he agreed to that, he can get physical again and smacks Vincent with the table. The rest of the righteous jump in, um, battle Taven. Vincent eventually whacks Taven with a clipboard, and the group ends up throwing Taven through his neon sign that was attached to a ladder in the ring. Taven goes crashing out to the floor. Vincent says he was once buried for four years in the kingdom, but Taven is going to soon see him as the ROH world champion. See, if Vincent did okay, I guess. I don't know. I didn't like this at all. This I this did not land with me, and I was glad when it was over. Although the uh, throwing him through the ladder, the neon ladder glass thing was a nice visual. Yep. Uh, Quinn McKay, everyone's the hardest working interviewer in professional wrestling. Quinn McKay heads out to the stage with a mic. She welcomes back the fans, plugs a few ROH items. She says fans will get to see the new ROH Women's Championship and the bracket for the upcoming tournament. And this leads us into match number two of the pre-show, which was PCO and Danhausen versus the Bouncers, Brawler, uh, Malonis, and Beer City Bruiser. Danhausen is such a weird fit for Ring of Honor. I'm glad he's there. I have no idea why he's there. He's he's the only person like him in the company, which is which is like great. It's why he stands out so much. It's part of the charm of the Danhausen character. But it's just like, man, I wish. He was in a different company, so he would have a little more chance to shine. Like, he's like, I think he's an Orange Cassidy-ish level star in that he could be literally anywhere you put him on the card. He's so likable and so unique that he could be the lowest level comedy babyface if that's where you see him. But if you see him as like a main event world champion, it's not that, that of a stretch he's the biggest star arguably in the company he was on the conan o'brien podcast people know him outside of wrestling exactly um yeah and it's funny that you brought up the comparison to orange cassidy because that's honestly what i was thinking throughout this and i was going to bring that up um but yeah you stole my thunder but um i really do (laughs) enjoy yeah exactly danhausen is great you know i think roh is very lucky to have him uh, and hopefully, you know, for ROH's sake, he can stay there a while because I really do think that Danhausen is destined for something a lot bigger. A lot bigger than the pre-show of an ROH. Like, he should be a featured performer, cutting promos, getting his unique, wacky character over. I'm not saying he needs to win every match, and world champion is strong, but he should be a featured player in, like massively on every pay-per-view, getting a lot of important important time important time boris yep um and i never knew how badly i wanted to see pco and denhausen as a team like these two are like yin and yang so different um yeah and pco freaking credit to that man kudos to that man 50 something and still jumping around like 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 he's 20 something He's made of rubber. He's the kind of guy who's not going to retire. The wheels are going to fall off. Like he will, he will like retire in the ring when he, when he does a sent onto the floor and literally explodes. Yeah, exactly. Ever watched the movie, the wrestler? <laughs> yes, he is. He is Randy, the Ram, uh, the, the Quebecer version yep. of Randy, the Ram. Randy, the Ram. Yep. Um, so at some point, Denhausen gets the jar of teeth, puts them in the bruiser's mouth, pump kick then looks for the finisher he doesn't get it at first tries again ends up just hitting a death valley driver on the teeth pco goes up top hits his big moonsault for the win 
So your winners, PCO and Denhausen via pinfall. Yeah. So, you know, what's funny is we spent this entire time just like singing the praises of this match, but this was like a bad wrestling match. It was easily the worst match on the show and it was like a pretty big fail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying <laughs> but, this was a great but, wrestling match. But, but, but here's the thing. The in-ring wasn't watchable. fun. Yes. Exactly. Eminently watchable, man. Like, it's so much fun to watch these characters. And, like, it, like I was specifically talking about, obviously, PCO and Danhausen, but also the, the two big fat bruisers in there, the uh, Beer City Bruiser and his somehow fatter tag team partner, Malonis, really did a great job as well. You know, they were perfect, uh, perfect foils in this match. So it wasn't the best thing you'll see in the ring, but it was very entertaining. I would still have to objectively say it was about two handshakes out of five. We're going to give it 40 percent slight fail. Good effort. Yep. All right, we got a hype video to kick off tonight's main card, and the first match of the night was the Briscoes versus PJ Black um, and Brian Johnson. Oh, man. Every time I see PJ Black now, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> Is He's like one of the most handsome guys in wrestling, and he's got one of the worst looks right now in wrestling. Yep. Like, objectively good-looking dude. Like you, could, like, you could see him, like, being, like, a movie star. You know what I mean? He's one of those kind of guys. But he's, like, purposely looks like an asshole right now. Yeah, I he would, looks like I a, would never understand it. He looks like a failed sugar daddy right now. <laughs> it's a great call. He's, like, got these gray dreads with this gray beard. He's had a shit look for, like, two years. I don't know what's going on with that man, but I hope he's okay. Hope he's healthy and happy. But, yeah. BJ Black needs some work on the look. Says us. Um, so, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> yeah. Hot calling uh, the kettle black for yep. sure. I look, yep. I look like a, I look like a fat Yarmir Yager right now with this fucking mullet I got going on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, pot calling the kettle black, of course. But I think PJ Black, if he was trying his hardest to look as bad as he could, he wouldn't look much different than he looks now. Objectively, you know I, I think that's true. I think and you we know can what all I have agree. to say this. Pot calling the kettle PJ Black. My God. Back out, Boris. Back out. All right. So, Brian Johnson's talking a lot of trash on his way to the ring. Um, I like this guy, but there's something about well, him. I like this guy a lot. There's something about him that it just, like, I don't know. But I really do like Brian Johnson on the mic. He, he can back it up in the ring. Um, he's just, he's such a heel. He's such a good heel. Yeah. Like Brian Johnson a lot. Really good wrestler, really good heel. One note I would have is please yell a little less. His promo is very, it's, it comes across as very generic because he's doing a generic wrestler voice. He's yes. yelling, he's screaming. I think if, if he, once he develops a little more confidence and can get a little more of that Jake the Snake calm, kind of just confident delivery showing you that he's an asshole without being over the top bombastic. I realize that like wrestling uh, rewards and demands bombastic performances. You have to play to the back of the room. But if you look at the Cactus Jacks, the Jake Roberts, MJF, Chris Jericho, the guys who are the great promos right now, Roman Reigns, they know when to dial it back. As yeah. soon as Brian Johnson gathers that knowledge of when to dial it back, you watch that kid's going to become a fucking star. You know, it's amazing. Jason Agnew, during NXT talk, said the exact same thing about someone else because he's like, wrestling is all about, you know, playing to the people at the back. That's awesome. Good. Great minds, Boris. I, I swear to God, I haven't listened to uh, NXT talk yet. Oh, but, yeah, know, great. I, great. I'm just, 
I'm just waiting for your for your comments. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, so oh, yeah, so no. Briscoes are back. Briscoes are happy. No Papa Briscoe, but that's all right. It was still a fun time, and this match went from zero to sixty pretty fast uh, with all the the plunder. Yes, plunder a plenty indeed. But uh, yeah, no, I thought th- I thought this was good. This was exactly what the Briscoes needed. We talk about the three pillars. Commentary did an excellent job in this one. Yep. Um, so Mark hits a blockbuster on Black. He then hits an elbow drop off the apron down on Johnson. Back in the ring, Jay hits a J driller on Black. Mark with a froggy bow cover. One, two, three. Your winners via pinfall, the Briscoes. Yeah, a uh, ton of fun, told a great, uh, a proper story, the one they needed. Uh, specifically, I wanted to say, like, on commentary, Jay hits Mark by accident, and then they go, they have to, st- they, the commentary makes the point of going, man, these, these guys have been fighting for a long time. This could be a death blow for the Briscoes. Like, this is the moment we need to see if they're going to uh, rebound. And they rebounded fine, and they got the win, and that's the story they told. They perfectly put a bow on it, tied it up. I thought this was great, Boris. Well, not quite great. Very, very good, though. And how many handshakes would you give this match? We're going to go three and a half handshakes. Maybe slight overrated, but you know what? I, I love the Briscoes, and this told a great uh, consumable story. Very easy to understand. So we're going to go three and a half out of five, 70%. It's a B. Good job, boys. Damn boys. I, I have a feeling this match coming up is going to get three and a half more or less than the previous one because the next match was EC3 versus Flip Gordon. Yeah, this match didn't quite land with me either. I yep. thought this, yeah, and I understand why. It was a clash of styles, and EC3 is coming off both COVID-19 and a staph infection. This man almost died two times, not just once, two times. So the fact that he's in the ring at all is an achievement. So I, this is not an insult to EC3 at all. Good, incredible job just being there. But yeah, if you actually watch this wrestling match, it was slightly below average at this yep. point in 2021. Exactly. exactly. Um, yeah, it, it was a complete clash of styles, clash of AJ styles, shall I say. Um, Fuck out! Uh, one thing, though, EC3 looks amazing. Oh, my God. He is chiseled out of stone, this guy. If we were talking about the JTG diet, we should call it the EC3 diet. This man is jacked to the gills. He looks like Chris Masters in 05. I was literally just going to say that. I was going to say that he makes Chris Masters look like uh, Zach Gowan. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Sabre Jr., but you went a shade further than Zach Sabre Jr. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, no, this match, like you said, I think it was a clash of styles. Uh, you know, Flip Gordon has changed his style a little bit. EC3 was trying to do a technical match, and I think it just didn't work. I think if they just the, – something something was off. Don't want to, you know, it is what it is. It was an injured, rusty EC3 doing a new style against a guy who doesn't work that style at all. So it was a bad match, but uh, they'll they'll get him next time, you know? So EC3 drops Gordon with a butterfly butterfly driver, locks in his submission, find the purpose, and Gordon taps out, which is surprising. But you're a winner via submission, EC3, Ek3. (laughs) Ek3. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go again. Two out of five. I did think it was slightly better than the uh, Danhausen match, but I would still go in the same territory. Slight fail, but good effort. So that is two stars, two handshakes out of five here 
on BAM uh, Sports and Entertainment Podcast. Uh, yeah, so I, what do you think about this EC3? Do you think he's the he's the next title challenger? I feel like there's a pretty clear number one contender coming out of this show. It's not EC3, but he's close. He's close yeah. on the list. I agree. Um, I think that we're going to see a program between uh, everyone who won a singles match tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You, hmm. Let me think about it real quick. But yes, 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 yes. I think you're right, man. Like, I think you're pretty much bang on on that. Yep. Uh, post-match, Gordon's not happy about losing. EC3 offers his hand, but Gordon slaps him in the face. EC3 puts his hand out again, gets slapped again. EC3 tries a third time. Flip goes for a slap and instead spits on EC3. You know, akin to my relationships. Three times a charm, three times a fail. <laughs> I got to be persistent, Boris. You know, that's uh, that's key sometimes in life. But uh, yeah, this was weird. I guess we're getting another match, though. Yeah, I guess so. Um, sure. Let's do it. You know, maybe it can redeem itself. Again, not a bad match. Yeah. It's the clash of AJ Styles. Yeah, but like I said, like I bet if they did this 10 times, the worst match that they're going to have was the one that we saw this you know, on this pay-per-view. I, I would be okay to see it again. Let's see what they can do. All right. Then we move to STP. Not that STP. Shane Taylor Promotions, which are your trios champions versus Dalton Castle, Dak Draper, and Eli ism dude this match wasn't the best in ring but the story being told dalton castle being a complete douchebag is amazing absolutely yeah such a self-centered prick like he did a full austin powers start of the movie style entrance like with choreography and various yeah, it was really a hilarious rewarding entrance to watch and then he was just such a prick he was like uh, he's a babyface only because the crowd likes him. Like he's such a heel in the way he acts and uh, the, what he was doing to his young partners and stuff. And yeah, this was a very, very entertaining match to watch. Yeah, uh, Dalton Castle is back. You know, I it's so I'm so sad that his worst run was when he was champion and it had nothing to do with his character. It was that he was injured so much, so he kept playing like yeah. the underdog injured guy, right? But I I feel like he's back. Um, and you're right. Like the only reason he's treated as a face is because the crowd loves him but he's heel um another thing i want to point out is i love the fact that you got dissension from the challengers right away because dak draper was about to do his shirt gimmick and eli ism comes out yeah i thought that was very clever and we circled that dalton castle was gonna feud with one of these guys coming out of this match but we missed them we thought it was gonna be draper it's pretty. It's pretty good choice to put him against Isum instead. I definitely thought this was building up to the bombastic Doc Draper versus the bombastic Dalton Castle, though. But you know, it's yeah. a pretty good idea to put him against the serious wrestler man, Eli Isum. Yeah, man, Doc Draper is such a superstar in the making. Like that guy has the look. I'm telling you, Boris. I'm telling you. Let's circle it right now. Breakout performer of 2022 next year is going to be Doc Draper's year. It's yeah. not going to happen for him this year. It's already it's already too late. There's already a Leon Ruff out there. No, they're not sure if it's <laughs> Leon Ruff. But there are other there are other candidates for that for that role. He's not quite there, but he's got all the talent in the world. All he needs is the chance, and I'm hoping it happens next year or soon. Yeah. He okay. So, remember that comment because watch the NXT Breakout Tournament and 
one of those competitors is my choice for 2022 breakout star. Interesting. Put a, put a pin in that. We'll put a pin in it. Yep. So for those of you who are wondering, you should listen to NXT Talk, which is out. If you're a patron on SNME, you can get it there. You can also get it on BAM! Sports Entertainment feed and the It's Cannon podcast feed. That's NXT Talk. You like that? You see how I work that in? Oh, it's beautiful. 10 out of 10. Five-star plug. Five handshakes out of five. All right. Um, let's talk about the actual match itself. I liked it. Like I said, not the best technical match, but it told such a good story. Um, Khan lands a super jackhammer on Ism. Everyone getting dropped in the ring now. Taylor hits welcome to the land on Draper for the cover. One, two, three. So your winners, Shane Taylor Productions. Yes, sir. I want. I wanted to circle. Moses looked awesome in this match. He is. He is pretty like. He's standing out every time we watch a Shane Taylor Productions match. I find myself going, who's this Moses guy? Like, he's just huge, good athlete, fun, ass-kicking, babyface style. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think there's a lot of potential in this Shane Taylor Promotions group, and specifically Moses. I like yeah. him a lot. This match was great, man. I would go I would go as high as uh, three and three-quarter handshakes. It's a B-plus more than just a B. I think the storytelling was great. I think it puts Shane Taylor Productions over strong. I really enjoyed this wrestling match. Yeah. Um... I did too. You know, the other two guys, Moses and Khan of STP, Shane Taylor Productions, you know who they remind me a lot of? Who's that? The Authors of Pain. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. You know what? I would go you one further. I think they remind me of a better version of the Authors of Pain. Three-minute warning. They're just the – but that style of team, that big, ass-kicking, cool offense, intimidating tag team. Man, three-minute warning. They had an awesome theme. <laughs> three minutes and I'm out of here. I've been thinking something in the clear. God. Yeah, yeah that was a fun oh. Man, R.I.P. Umaga, one of the great underrated big men ever, ever, ever. I honestly, I honestly think he's like on the Vader level. Like he's in that conversation. I don't know if he's as good as Vader, but he's in that conversation of like that good of a big man. Umaga yeah. was something special. Man. That guy was so good. Umaga, Vader, Bam Bam Bigelow, Bronson Reed. <laughs> oof, oof, oof. The colossal. Jesus Christ, Boris, coming out hot. I would say I would put Keith Lee or someone before Bronson, but you're coming out hot. I respect it. Gotta oh, throw a fastball. I'm joking. I am joking. <laughs> Tranquilo, everyone. Dude, what's wrong with us today? It's You know what it is? Because we haven't seen each other in a week. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, You, you seem like you're extra spicy today, Boris. Extra spicy. <laughs> uh, right. All right. We're going to move on. The next match of the show was Josh Woods versus Silas Young in a last man standing match. Dude, another person with an amazing look josh woods yeah i i like josh woods he looks like he would beat the shit out of anyone who walks into any given room i definitely respect that i've been on record saying i don't like brody king's look so it's kind of hard for me to say like oh i love josh woods look because they're kind of a little similar brody king obviously way more tattoos the man is covered in tattoos but uh similar family the bearded ass kicking bigman look yep Basically, the Matthew Eder look. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, 
I, you know, I love the story in this match, and the commentators did a great job of telling us the story, the background, that Josh Woods was mentored by Silas Young, and then now they've had a series of matches since they broke up, you know, a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah, this was yeah, this was a very good match. It told that story in the ring too. I kind of feel like like it, it, they they did a a good like like rookie versus veteran kind of style weapons match. Like if there could be such a thing, they actually tried to work it. You know. Yep. Um, so at one point, Young hits a TKO on the chairs that he set up. Woods and Young on the apron near the two tables. They swing away wildly at each other. Woods with some elbows and tries for a German suplex. He eventually is able to hit it as both the men end up going through the two tables. Ref starts his 10 count. Woods is able to get to his feet in time. And Silas Young is not. Really, really enjoyed that they milked this spot in a lot of matches and they actually delivered it in this one and it actually ended the match. It put it over pretty strong and, and rightfully so. It's a German suplex off the apron through two tables. That should end a match. I'm glad it did. I thought they worked really, really hard. I really enjoyed this. You know, and that's exactly it. We gave credit to the Cameron Grimes one night uh, ladder match because, you know, they set up the spot that ended the match so early in the match that you kind of forget about it as the viewer, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what they did in this match. And I freaking love when they do that. Because again, our pillars, the production, the storytelling, I just love it. It's like, oh, he did it and it, like he did it to himself. Yeah, you load that gun, Boris Chekhov's gun. And yeah, that's that's exactly, that's good storytelling. It's classic storytelling. And it's the kind of thing you need to do more in wrestling. Very good job by these guys. They, they worked very hard, and it wasn't just a weapons plunder bullshit match. It was actually pretty good, told the story, and, you know, the uh, the veteran got got by the Rook. Yep, it was great. I loved it. And I kind of also like that they kind of, this is the period, the ending to this feud. Um, yeah. and, and what better way? Like, don't you love when wrestling uh, waits for the gimmick match to end a feud? Absolutely. Shouldn't it always be like that, my friend? Doesn't it make the most sense? But yeah, if you were playing EWR Extreme Warfare Revenge, and I haven't I've never moved on to TEW, Total Extreme Warfare, but if you were playing EWR and you finish this feud, both of these performers have gained overness from these this feud, Boris, especially Josh Woods. He has gained overness. He is more over with the crowd now because of this win, I am sure, and because of this feud. Uh, so backstage, the hardest working interviewer in all of professional wrestling, Quinn McKay, looks to talk with Matt Taven about his upcoming steel cage match against Vincent. He said he wants that more than anything. Taven says he got the win tonight and finally is going to get Vincent to leave him alone. He's going to leave Vincent with scars in August. Thank God we got more Matt Taven on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, this leads us into Jay Lethal versus your boy, Brody King. I Let me say, I don't dislike Brody King. I just like, yeah, it's something, something about it. Maybe just because, like you said, he looks like me, but if I covered myself in tattoos, then I'm just off-put by it. Not that I dislike tattoos. It's just like, ugh! You know what I mean? Just scary. I don't like his look. I like his wrestling style. I loved what they did with this match. It It completely took me off guard. I was not expecting this. Yeah, so this match was basically, you know, you have the veteran in Jay Lethal going up against, you know, then the up-and-coming star, Brody King, and, you know, 
I felt like no matter what Jay Lethal did, Brody King had the answer, the solution. This was uh this was Goldberg versus John Cena from SummerSlam. That's what this match was. This was a one-sided, thorough beatdown that was still a very, very impressive, entertaining, very good wrestling match. I really enjoyed this a lot. And I I I just I I it's it's very rare that wrestling has the balls to put a performer over so strongly. Uh, on top of another, you know what I mean? Like but, Jay Lethal got almost nothing in this match and he was beating the shit out of and beaten thoroughly and pinned in the middle of the ring. One, two, three. But Matt, Jay Lethal was buried because he lost. No, he didn't. You know why? Tell us why, please, my friend. Um, Because they did this angle right. Jay Lethal gave it his all. He went you know, he, he, his, his energy bar was down to zero. His body was glowing. And I'm pretty sure they, the announcers even said this at some point, right? Like he was done. He, he, he couldn't do it anymore. King got him with a gonzo bomb, not one, but two for the cover for the win. And I just loved it because Jay Lethal had nothing left in him. So he looked super strong in a major one-sided loss. Yeah, exactly. I didn't think this made Jay, Jay Lethal look weak at all. I like you said. I thought it made him look made him look strong. Like he fought and fought and fought. He just got rocked. He just got blitzkrieged. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you just you lose to a team who puts up forty threes. Sometimes you just get hit and like you just get punched in the mouth. And he fought and fought and fought and fought and he couldn't fight anymore. Yep. I, yeah, I thought this was a brilliant piece of pro wrestling, and what a way to put somebody over. Like, Brody King is is kayfabe Goldberg in this company right now. He just cranked Jay Lethal, cranked him. Yep, yep, and his entire group, Violence Unlimited, right now is just looking really good. Uh, the foundation kind of took a beating throughout the night, but again, I, I really love this, really great storytelling. Um, how many handshakes would you give this match? I'm going as high as four. I think this was great. It was a great match, great storytelling, and we both read it the same way where we don't think it hurt the loser at all. It helped both guys in a way because, I, well, it didn't help Jay Lethal to get cranked like this, but it didn't hurt him because he fought and fought and fought and fought. It certainly helped Brody King. This win helped him greatly. And, yeah, I thought this was great. So we're going to go A-, minus, but it's, uh, it's a four handshakes out of five. Yeah, and it's Jay Lethal. He can lose 10 matches straight, get a title shot, and I'll still believe him. Yep. Yeah, because he's he's uh, he's such a Ring of Honor uh, staple, such a lifer. Yep. Um, then it is Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bennett for the ROH Pure Championship. The one time I've ever looked forward to a Mike Bennett <laughs> match. Ruthless, but I... Trillion percent agree. You're if the you one who me, said buddy, this last week. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> That's why I trillion percent agree. <laughs> but uh, if you uh, if you wanted to tell me, buddy, this was your match of the night, I wouldn't bat an eyelash. I, I don't agree, but I would accept that opinion. This match was so great. Great, great, great. I love the pure rules. And you know what? Jonathan Gresham is the absolute perfect man to lead the pure division. Gresham is so great. He's like he's like a a, a Brian Danielson type Pokemon, a Taz a type wrestler. Man, I love his work. He's so intelligent in the ring. Every movement, every step that guy makes is part of a story that is being told. 
Every time you watch him, you got to watch closely. Everything he does matters. You are rewarded for paying attention to this guy. Man, he's good. He's he's a genius level wrestler. He is yeah. something special. Exactly. No, this match was fantastic. Mike Bennett did a great job. And I, I honestly, like, this is probably my favorite Mike Bennett match ever. Nothing's close. I can't think of anything remotely close off the top of my head to this. Was he ever in a ladder match or a battle royal that was good? Maybe something? I don't know. I can't think of a Mike Bennett performance that was even close to this. Yep. Um, you know, the thing about Mike Bennett, what put Mike Bennett over for the longest time was Maria, right? So this True. is like, like it, it was a good coming out party for him. And and you know what? I believe I'm in ROH. And let's let's move let's let's see what else he does. But this match was fantastic. Um, at one point, Bennett lifts Gresham, uh, but he puts in a sleeper hold. Bennett then launches Gresham to the corner, power bomb lariat, power driver. Uh, he goes and gets the one, the two, the three. But wait, Gresham's foot is under the rope, and they say no three count. Gresham has no more rope breaks. Gresham with a kick to the knee, kick to the arm, bends Bennett's bad knee to the side until Bennett taps out so your winner via submission jonathan gresham so there's a couple things i loved in this it was like they they mentioned they put a point on it that gresham has defended this title 10 times and won with 10 different submissions which is just awesome storytelling and just just a cool note and good for him for being able to come up with 10 different ones and then they they busted out this move which was kind of like a it felt like aj styles's calf crusher but yep. it felt it felt in the match as though Gresham invented it. It felt like it came out of nowhere. Like he saw it and he was like, I'm going to try this. And then it actually ended the match. It was just uh, the way that Gresham works is so brilliant. And Mike Canales was right there with him for every step of this. This was a great wrestling match, man. This was so good. Exactly. Um, you know, I was going to wait for this comment, but I'm going to say it right now. I hope ROH can keep Gresham and you know, and all these all these good young lions that they have right now. I don't want them to be the Montreal Expos of wrestling because if oh. they can keep these guys, oh man, ROH might be back. Man, what a great call! They are kind of feeling a little Montreal Expos nineteen ninety four right now, just a little bit, just a little bit. But uh, that's such a good call, Jonathan Gresham especially. But you know what? I don't think that he would ever have a chance in WWE because he's like five four. But he's such a great wrestler. He's so fucking good. But yeah, he's too short, man. He's way too short. He's Taz short. He's shorter than Taz. Yeah. You shoot shorter than Taz, right? Like, yeah, exactly. And like the only reason Rey Mysterio was ever given a chance was because he can fly. Yes, and he was a Latino star when they were desperately needing it, and he was incredibly popular. But yes, because he worked a small man's style. Jonathan Gresham does not work a, quote, small man style. Yeah. All right, so backstage, Jay Lethal is too banged up to defend the tag titles. Titus tells Williams he can't go out there because they will strip him of the title. Titus tells Gresham he has to be his tag partner. Gresham isn't thrilled with that after just having a match, but agrees to the match. So Jonathan Gresham does a two show, a, a um, yeah, two, I, I don't know where I was going with this. Anyways. A Toonie uh, Tuesday, a Texas two-step, a twofer. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, so <laughs> Anytime, buddy. Your next match was for the TV championship. Your champion, Tony Deppin, went up against your challenger, Dragon Lee, with Bestia on the outside. 
perfect, perfect match for this placement of the card. I wish it went longer, but that's leave you wanting more. That's good sometimes. Uh, I kind of feel bad for Tony Deppin, but we said it in the preview, and I believe it now. I don't think the loss to Dragon Lee hurt him at all because yep. Dragon Lee is so strongly pushed, and he's so fucking incredible to watch that it looks like he should beat everyone. <laughs> so losing to this guy doesn't hurt you. This match had maybe the move of the month. The year, even. Oh, the Tope I know exactly. Sue Sita Canadian Destroyer. Destroyer Sui Sita. This guy does a, a suicide dive into a front flip pile driver. And on the side, too. He didn't even do that uh, up the ramp. He did it on the side where the barricade was. Crazy dangerous. So much could go wrong. What an incredible spot. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Like I absolutely loved it. So at one point, both wrestlers are trading strikes in the middle of the ring. Lee hits the dra- dragon dryer for a two count. Uh, Lee with knees to the face. Deppin catches one and throws a bunch of chops to the neck. Lee blasts him with a clothesline cover. One count. Lee looks for the running knee finisher and he gets the win. So your winner and new ROH TV champion, Dragon Lee. Great match. I would for sure give it four handshakes out of five. I'm not sure if you can go any longer just because, like I said, I wanted a little more out of it, but that would that's not an insult to this match. You gotta leave them wanting more sometimes. Not every match can be a 45-minute epic. This was great. It's exactly what this show needed at this time. Great wrestling match. Uh, this It kind of reminded me of an Ultimo Dragon versus Dean Malenko match, only if Ultimo Dragon was like a created wrestler that you ran into playing 2K online who was like 100 out of 100 overall. You know what I mean? That's what <laughs> Dragon Lee is. He is, yep. he is a created wrestler on yep. a video game. 100%. Uh, post-match, Chris Dickinson and Homicide ran out to the ring to protect Deppin from an attack, and this leads us straight into the tag team championship match, which saw Jonathan Gresham and Rhett Titus, your champions, go up against Chris Dickinson and Homicide, and this was a fight without honor for the ROH tag team yes. championship. Yes, a street fight in the Ring of Honor, a vernacular, a fight without honor. I liked how they put this together. It felt like that ECW feel, like that exciting, anything could happen, like we're just going to fucking start this match right away. I didn't love the match itself, but I did like the pace and the feel of it, you know? It was watchable is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it was a very ECW-like um, like match, even from the beginning. Like, you know, it, it just started right from the previous match. Um, and, and this had plunder. This is your match with the plunder. It's your typical homicide match. Yeah, big time. Typical. Like, he teased a fork shot. They don't like to use, like, the super violent, like, crazy spots like that in Ring of Honor. So you kind of knew it was going to be a tease. And that was kind of, like, what I disliked about this match, like, in a nutshell. Like, he teases the fork shot. He goes to, to hit... Uh, uh, it was it would have been Gresham with the fork, and then Rhett Titus comes in and saves them. But they they could have they could have gotten so much more out of that tease. It was kind of like rather than like making it a huge portion of that match, it was just kind of a thing that you were that you were like it just kind of happened. And then Rhett Titus just hits a pile driver on him out of nowhere. It was just like yeah, there's a lot of like weapons for the sake of weapons, a lot of spots for the sake of spots. It's very entertaining, but not a lot. Uh, not a lot of meat on the bone to this one, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same issue I have with WWE hardcore matches now, right? It's like they're not going to go to that extreme level anymore. Yeah, it's it's like an in-between. It's like if you want to tell a story 
do a story match, do that. If you want to do a weapons match, do that. If you're going to try to serve both masters, it's going to be very tough. You might end up serving neither. Yep. So Titus is able to drop homicide before he can do that. Um, uh, like the the fork um, uh, spot, Dickinson gets Titus up on the top turnbuckle and power bombs him through a table. Homicide hits the one eight seven on Gresham and gets to cover and to become the new ROH World Tag Team Champs. <laughs> We're at the point in the business right now, and Boris, goddammit, maybe this is your influence on me, buddy, but every time I see the cop killer, I just think, holy shit, Cody Rhodes beat Anthony Agogo with this move. Why did he fucking hit this move on an Olympic boxer? What's the point? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Feel that hate flu. I'm a hater now, you. Boris. You made me into a hater. And Agnew made me into one. Go figure. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. He's incepting our brains. <laughs> yep. Um, and then we go into a promo before the main event. Maria Canellis reveals the bracket for the upcoming Women's Championship tournament. She then introduces Chelsea Green, um, who has a broken arm and isn't cleared for action just yet, but said she is going to be watching the division very closely. In one month's time, she plans on taking the women, the women's division to the top. Do you think she wins this tournament? She she uh, doesn't sound like it. That sounds like it sounds like the tournament was going to happen at the TV tapings, which Chelsea Green's not cleared for. But she's in the tournament. She replaced Vita, right? Uh, or she, yeah, she's she's in the tournament. That was the whole reason why they brought her out. She will be cleared, and she will enter. Yeah, sure, sure, she'll win. Yeah, let's let's give her the belt. Why not? <laughs> Doesn't sound like you've put a lot of thought into this, buddy. Not at I all. think I think clearly positioning her as the star of this division. I think she should probably win the tournament. But they might do a thing where she's chasing for a bit if they want to make her a baby face. Yeah, exactly. Um, then. What did you think of this? I didn't like this at all. Like, it just seemed like they no. were trying to remember their lines. Yeah. I walk. Great call. Great call on that. It seemed like they were kind of like, yeah, sloppy performance. Maybe trying to remember their lines is exactly what it was, man. It didn't seem like they were comfortable at all. Didn't seem like it made me wish that there was a Briscoe's promo or even another Brian Johnson. If it had to be like some kind of other better promo on the show, because that fact that this was the main promo segment made the show look a little more low rent and worse than it was, honestly, because this was this was not a home run. This was a you know, dribbling single up to the third baseman that was thrown out immediately. They should have replaced this promo, put this promo on the pre-show and move the Taven promo here. I didn't even love the Taven promo, but I agree. I'll take that. I 100% agree with you. Yep. I, Taven was better than this. It was. But the optics of having the women in the pre-show would have pissed people off, so it makes sense that they put them on the main show. But it shouldn't have been right before the main event. Also a good call. Yeah. What this needed, this needed to be second or third thing on the show, and they needed a really strong Briscoe's promo, like I said, here. That's what this show needed. Yep. All right, and this leads us into the main event with your champion, Rush versus Bandido for the ROH Championship. Oh, just, just started pouring rain in Northern Ontario. Sorry if you can hear that, Slash. Hopefully we get through this really quick. I thought this match was brilliant. Brilliant. Classic Lucha match. I think 
This was a notch above everything on the show. I think was this is probably the best luchador match I've seen this year. I'd have to go. I'd have to bounce it against something else that I've seen. Uh, I, it was Atlantis versus uh, Bandito. I think it was right. Yeah. Uh, CMLL this year yep. they had an incredible match. But uh, yeah, Bandito is right up there with Ray Phoenix, man. We say this every time. I say it every time we watch him. Bandito's right up there with Ray Phoenix, the best yeah. luchador on earth. Yeah, and I'm going to save my Santos Escobar joke for another day. <laughs> well, what did uh, you think about this one, man? Did you like it as much as I did? I loved it. I loved this. I loved the story because the entire story was Rush is so cocky. He knows he's the best that he was just toying Bandito the entire match. The entire match, Rush, Rush could have ended this match with the bull's horn, and he got it, but he didn't go for the cover. Yeah, exactly. And he got it like in the first, what, Second. 10 seconds? Yeah. Yeah. This was going to be Seamus Brian Daniel from WrestleMania. <laughs> exactly right. It could have been. But instead of going for the pin, he was the cocky asshole heel. He shook it off. No, I'm going to punish this kid. I'm going to beat the shit out of this kid because I'm going to show him that I'm better than him. And that yep. was the story they told throughout while having an incredible, incredible ballsy high risk match a, a luchador luchador versus luchador being luchas doing crazy lucha shit yeah you know oftentimes luchadors don't translate well into american wrestling roosh man he knows how to play a heel oh big time you hear that thunder that the mic picked that up no but yeah no. uh man yeah, the, the the thunderous the thunderous blows of Roosh coming into poor Bandito. Like Bandito got the shit beat out of him in, in this match. And yeah, there was a couple there was a couple spots at the table. The the double front flip German was it a belly to belly catching suplex through two tables? You know yep. what I'm referring to here? Yep. Yeah, that could have that could have ended two careers, Boris. That was very dangerous. Yep. They're uh in Dakota Ibushi Will Osprey school of ending your career too early. <laughs> yeah man just an incredible match a worthy main event the first ever ring of honor pay-per-view main event between two mexican-born wrestlers orale i love it um <laughs> so orale. uh rush tries to rip bandito's mask off rush ends up knocking down the referee looks over at him bandito rolls up rush for the one two three your champ your new champ and winner bandito Okay, so I'm going to go on a little tangent here. Stick with me, Boris. I've just been watching this show. It's called Mr. In-Between. Incredible television show. I think it's like it's it's similar to the show Barry with John Hader or uh, Bill Hader, uh, but way, way better. Way, way better. It's like a better version of Barry. I would put it on that like Sopranos, Wire, Breaking Bad-ish tier. Like it's just a shade below if it's below. I love this fucking show. It's so good. There's a lot, the, the shot, the final shot in the second to last episode shows the main character. He just pulls up and he's at a literal crossroads in the Australian outback. And it's, a, it's it, of the entire show. It's my least favorite and cheesiest shot, but you know what, Boris, they earned it because everything leading up to that cheesy cliche thing that you've seen a million times, everything leading up to it was so brilliant, so great that they earned the right to employ a cheesy device to finish off their story. 
This match was exactly that. Exactly that. You've seen the roll-up done a thousand times, but they earned the right for this match to end with that roll-up. It was perfect for this match. It's exactly what it needed. This was fucking brilliant. Classic. Classic wrestling match. And it was the perfect way to end this match because of the story of Roosh just taking advantage and not going for the pin, toying with Bandito throughout the entire match. So it was perfect end. Well, you and I have talked about the roll-up endings and how it's too much of a trope and to, to the point where it's now a crux in professional wrestling. But this match yes. did it, and like you said, it earned it. Earned it. Absolutely earned it. And I think it was perfect. I It was almost the only uh, finish they could have done for this match. So yeah, I thought it was brilliant, perfect, earned it. This was a classic. I'm going four and a half, Boris. Handshakes out of five, 90% A-plus classic Lucha match. Perfect main event. Yep. Unfortunately for the pay-per-view itself, not including the pre-show, it was a tale of two shows. The first half was okay. The second half was amazing. So, Matt, how would you rate the overall show? I agree with that. I wish there was a little more emphasis on the crowd, and I don't blame the crowd. I blame the production. We've been through that. I would give it four out of five probably. Eight out of ten. It's. I, I thought it was pretty good. I would, maybe that's generous, but yeah, the main event. A lot of matches hit. I wish there was more story. I wish the production was better. I wish we had one more good promo. But this was a very, very good pay per view, in my opinion. Great pay per view. I would say. Yep. I would say. Agreed. I'm actually pretty excited to watch uh, ROH TV this week to see what uh, all the new stories coming out of this pay per view is. Um, in this, actually, just just saying that kind of triggered something in my mind. Um. Is it just me, or do you feel like with every show that's getting crowds back, whether it be Impact, whether it be WWE, whether it be ROH, even AEW, doesn't it feel like a season premiere? That's a really great call. It definitely feels like a reset. Like, we're out of the woods now, and they know, well, they know that more people are going to be watching. At least out of curiosity, people are going to be like, huh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check this out. I'm going to see what's coming on. I'm going to see what's going on with these companies that I like, like whatever it is. So, yeah, no, for sure. Season premiere is a good way to put it. It is it is a reset time. It is a resetting of the wrestling business right yeah. now. Like, look at even SmackDown last week with uh, Tegan Knox, Tony Storm, and Shotzi. Crazy. And a lot of that, too, I think, is Vince McMahon just kind of panicking due to, like, poor ticket sales. But at the same time, you're completely right about what's happening in front of our faces. So, yeah. And you know that they dropped Blackheart from her name, right? Why do they do that? Why does Vince McMahon hate two names on a performer? He just wants like he just wants Madonna. He just wants every female to be Madonna. Yep. It's so weird, huh? So she's now Shotzi. So strange. Shotzi. Cool, I guess. I Shotzi Blackheart is a is a better name than just Shotzi. Yeah. Shotzi sounds like a something I order. <laughs> Right? I don't even want to tell you where from, but. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, anyone who knows Boris is just laughing right now. Anyways, um, <laughs> overall fun show. Excited for what's coming up next. Let's go to the pick contest. Matthew, Mateo, okay. Mateus. Cool. Let, me, let me grab a beer first, buddy. Let's do it. All right. We're back. Matthew has his beer. Matthew has the pick contest ready. Let us know what's going on. 
Yes, so, well, first of all, Coors Light, so beer, quote, unquote, <laughs> using the term, term quite loosely. But yes, so, uh, Boris, I performed pretty well at the last show. Gotta tell you, buddy, coming out of this last one, we are at, uh, after after Ring of Honor, uh, Best in the World, which we just reviewed, of course, Boris, you finished. And we need to note that we also picked the Battle Riot incorrectly. We both picked it incorrectly. Uh, you said that uh, Filthy Tom Lawler would win the Battle Riot. I went way off the board saying Kenny Omega would win the Battle Riot. Uh, completely ridiculous. The winner of the Battle Riot was Alex Hammerstone, who appears to be getting the push in Major League Wrestling. Considering the Battle Riot and the nine matches that we picked on Ring of Honor, Boris, I got the win. I was 7-3. and three. You were 5-5, five and five, but you are still far ahead of me overall. In the overall standings, Boris, right now you are 31 and 15. That's 31 correct, 15 incorrect, 31 wins, 15 losses. I am six games behind you, 25 and 21. So I need to make up six more wins than you before SummerSlam to win this thing. And we're going to Slammiversary 2021. Boris, any thoughts before we begin? Uh, This season needs to end ASAP. <laughs> I'm coming on hot, baby. I'm like the Blue Jays in the second half. Watch out for me. You're the uh, 1987. Okay, let's start with- you know, I'm gonna be the 1987 Detroit Tiger, uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Oh no! <laughs> and I'm gonna be the 2021 Toronto Blue Jays, baby. All right, so let's go with uh, the first match: Eddie Edwards versus W. Morrissey, the former Big Cass. Yep. So. I believe that W. Morrissey is going to get the win. Um, I think so, too. I think he's getting a strong push. And, yeah, it's too early to beat him if you want to make him into a huge star. They want to make him into a, into a future contender. It feels like they they brought him in to be that level of guy. Too early to beat him regardless. 100% agree. W. Morrissey getting the win there. W. Morrissey All getting right. the W. <laughs> back out, back out, back out. Back out. Okay, here we go. Tag team match for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship, the women's tag team title in Impact Wrestling. Faya and Flava, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles versus Havoc and one of our favorites, Boris Toronto Indie Notable Rosemary. Yep. All right. This one's a hard one, but I'm going to say Rosemary and Havoc. Ah, yeah, man. I don't want to pick against them because we've seen so much of Rosemary. Just if you're if you're someone who's gone to a independent show in Toronto over the last five years, you've probably seen Rosemary and she was probably the biggest star on the show. She's so good. I'm actually shocked that she's not signed to WWE yet, but like uh, full power to impact for signing someone who's so talented, such a great character. Um, I said last time we did an impact show. I said it was too early to beat Fire and Flava, and then they lost the titles and gained them back. So I don't know what they're doing with this team. Like, it feels like every time I think they should get a push, they just lose. I'm going to pick Fire and Flava, but I would not be shocked to see myself eat uh, shit on this one. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the knockout tag titles are very similar to the NXT women's tag titles. It's just like being hot-shotted. Mm. I don't like that. I don't like it. I, I think I, I, I understand why they're doing it for NXT. For NXT, I mean. I, I would think that Faya and Flava, it's hurting them to lose so often, you know? Yeah. Yep. 
I, I don't like that at all. I think Fire and Flavor should hold it on. Uh, I, I hope they're doing it here. We're going to go Fire and Flavor, and Boris, you're taking Havoc and Rosemary. Okay. <laughs> you don't seem super pumped about it, but I, I, I think I, I like where your head's at there. All right. Okay. We're going to go... We're going to go for the Impact Men's World Tag Team Championship. It's a four-way tag team match. Violent by design, but they have a Freebird thing going on. So it's Eric Young, Diener, Joe Doring, or Rhino. Two of those four men will defend against Rich Swan and Willie Mack and against TJP and Fallabaugh and against the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. The way that the show is looking, Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Hmm, interesting. I do think it's going to be, I, I think we're going to get a title change. I don't think it's going to be the Good Brothers. I think we might see a little shout for TJP and Fall Ba here. A little, yeah, a little getting, thank you for TJP's work. Yeah, they've been getting a lot of TV time on Impact, and so has Swan and Mack. So it's going to be one of those two teams, in my opinion. Cool, yeah. I, I'm I'm right there with you, buddy. So yeah, I like where your head's at. You'll take Swan and Mack. I'm going to take TJP and Fall Ba. All right, moving on. We're going to go uh, singles match for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Deanna Perrazzo champion versus, to be announced, the mystery opponent. Boris, who's it going to be, and who are you taking? See, here's the thing. You know, do you get, can I just say the mystery opponent's going to win and get the point? Of course. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yes, you the can say TBA. Uh, okay, now I'm going to make fun of you because it's weak. <laughs> and I'm going Listen, I'll, I'll tell you this How about this? Can I get an extra point If I call the the person correctly too? Or Because I'm going to pick I'm going to pick the new person But I'm going to be specific about it uh, I'm not going TBA I'm going to tell you who it is Alright, go ahead It's going to be Peyton Royce Whatever so. her new name is it's, it's it's with Jessica McKay, right? Is her I actual so. shoot name? Yeah Yeah So it's going to be Jessica McKay or That might be Billy Kay's name I forget who is who but Peyton Royce is going to win the title because of the interference of Billy Kay. That is my official prediction. That is what's happening here. Gianna Perrazzo loses to whatever uh, Peyton Royce's new name is. I'm saying mystery opponent. I'm leaving it at mis- as All mystery right. opponent. And hey, okay, let's do this. Let's employ the half point rule. Okay, cool. Half point rule is perfect. You get a half point for just saying mystery opponent. You get the full point if you sack up and say who it's actually going to be. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm saying I'm saying mystery opponent too, but I'll do you one better, Boris. I'm, I'm calling the mystery opponent, and it's Peyton Royce. Um, I'm trying to think of who was even released. It's not going to be Zelina Vega. There's a huge part of me that wants to say Chelsea Green. You know what? Chelsea Green? Boom. Double duty? Chelsea Green. Chelsea, and you're you're so you're going off TBA. You're actually saying Chelsea Green, or are you yep. just predicting that she's going to be the? Nope, Chelsea Green All to right, win. I'm just the female Kenny Omega. <laughs> I kind of like the angle. I kind of like it. All right, let's do it. So, but we're both in agreement. Diana Perrazzo is losing to whoever shows up. Yes. Okay. Very good. <laughs> very good. All right. Number uh, next up on the list is number uh, four, five. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Chris Sabin versus Moose in a singles match. Moose. And that is number five. Uh, Moose. Yeah, buddy. I got to agree with you. I think Moose is getting a far bigger push. He's a younger, he's a bigger star at this moment. There's no reason for Chris Sabin to beat him. I agree. Let's go with Moose. 
Oh, this is a tough one. I think we're going to get a title change, but I have no idea who's going to be the one to win it. Uh, Ultimate X match for the X division title. It is Josh Alexander versus PD Williams versus Trey Miguel versus Ace Austin versus Chris Bay versus Rohit Raju. I think for sure Josh Alexander loses this title. I have no idea who he's losing it to. I love how PD Williams is still in this match. Um, (laughs) But I will say it's going to be the must-see kid, Trey Miguel. I think I like where your head's at. It would justify him sticking around too, eh? If he was actually getting a, a big push here soon. Yep. And Ace Austin is an ex-champion. I believe Chris Bay is an ex-champion. I could see it going to Rohit Raju. Hmm. I don't want to pick the same person as you in the, in, a, in an Ultimate X match, but I actually really do think it's going to be Trey Miguel. So, hey, buddy, I'm picking him too. Sorry sorry to cheese out on you, but I actually do legitimately in my heart believe it. So I'm picking Trey Miguel as well in this match. Yep, and then all the rascals will be champs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Across two companies. Who would have believed it? All right, here we go. Slammiversary 2021 main event, a no DQ match. For the Impact World Champion, Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan. Will Sammy Callahan break this man's face with a baseball bat? For real? Ooh. Probably Ooh. no. No, I don't think I don't think AEW would allow a bat to be used in an ODQ match because of that. Yeah, I hope not. Um, Do you here's think the it's thing. time for Kenny to lose his belt? No. Here's the thing. No, because crowds are back, right? So they're going to want to get that extra little bit with Kenny and, and the crowds. So I'm going to pick Kenny Omega, but it's going to be, you know, the entire elite is going to help him. And that's, that's uh, it, it's almost telegraphed. I almost think they won't do that because it's so obvious, right? The no disqualification match. But at the end of the day, I think they're, they're going to do it. So they're going to continue to tell the story. Here's, here's where my head's at. I believe that what should happen at this point is the entire elite shows up and this kicks off AEW versus Impact. Hmm. And they actually do a real like feud now that there's fans. They actually do a real quote unquote invasion. And yeah. Boris. And it's not just AEW. It's the, like specifically the elite. So the Bucks, the Good Brothers and Kenny. Okay. Interesting. I can see that for sure. And maybe that's why they've been slacking on it. And it's kind of been like impacts been kind of the little brother and kind of just like in limbo specifically because they've been waiting for crowds. That makes sense, buddy. I like where your head's at. So at the end of the day, then we both think Kenny Omega for sure wins this match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's way too early. I wouldn't be shocked if they circled Sammy Callahan to be the guy to beat Omega to put him over. But it's not yet. It's not happening yet. If so, it's not happening yet. Yep, exactly. All right, man. So that's seven matches so far. I am six matches behind you, but we have too many of the same picks for me to make up all that ground right now. But I'm coming for you, Boris. You know what's going to happen? The next the next uh, time we do this, you pick first. I'm going to pick every same choice as you. Whoever's in the lead picks first. That's a really good call. Let's make that the official rule going forward. So there you go. That is kind of our preview to Impact Slammiversary. We gave you a rundown of ROH Best in the World. 
Um, next week we have we are going to be reviewing Impact Slammiversary. That is the show. Thank you everyone for listening. Just remember, there are many ways that you can get a hold of us. The best way you can get a hold of us is through Facebook. You can contact us. Um, you can also uh, go visit bamsportsentertainment.com um, and you can find everything there. Be sure to subscribe. And Matthew, I'm ending this episode with a very specific song. Oh, it's not okay. Well, before you do, shout out again. Oh, nice. This is so nice. I was going to shout out our actual theme. Shout out to White Bad Audio Packers. This song, classic. Also, shout out to Jamal, to Rosie, and the NOI family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this thing on? Yeah. Are you hearing it? We'll turn it up so we can get the whole wide world feeling. I know a penny for my thoughts. A million for my album. My, 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 four rhymes and then sell them. Apocalypse now and then. But in the meantime between, I'm touring down the coast playing those to a gang of folks. In a gang of cities, in a gang of states. We blow minds like Ted Fence with metal plates. Three minutes and we're 